0: Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church online worship service. Today, you'll hear the Word of God read, the message from this weekend's in-person service, and two songs to guide you in worship. Thanks for joining us today.
1: For those of you I haven't met yet, I'm Pastor John, one of the pastors here at Stonebridge. And if you're visiting with us, it's good to have you here. And now I have to say, um, I don't believe in karma. It's not a biblical concept. But every once in a while, something happens where I'm like, "Mm, maybe... That's how God behaves sometimes. I've I've shamed a lot of you for saying that it's cold here, and I've probably been a little annoying in that from time to time. Did anybody else's heater break this weekend? The coldest weekend, anybody? Just us, right? Yeah. So the heater broke. So all those times when I said it's not really cold, I'm I'm pay, being paid back for that now. So I apologize. And guess what? I'm never gonna shame you for wearing a jacket when it's not really cold again. You you do you. It's good. Or gloves. Wear gloves, wear whatever. There you go. Nice. <laughs> so during this season, we are in the Gospel of Mark, and we're looking at the stories of Jesus' healings in the Gospel of Mark. I just want to remind you this series is entitled Truly Natural. And that comes from a quote from a theologian named Jürgen Moltmann. And the basic idea is that Jesus's miracles, they aren't supernatural miracles in a natural world. They're the only truly natural thing in a world that is unnatural and demonic. When Jesus goes and does these miracles, he's showing us what the natural world is supposed to look like. He's showing us what God intended for this world to look like. He's revealing to us not just what was intended, though, but what will happen when Jesus returns also, giving us a glimpse of what it is God's healing. And in pretty much all of these healings, it's usually more than just the physical healing that Jesus is addressing. There's something else he's healing as well. So this week, I'm going to be reading from Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. And I invite you to hear the word of God. A leper came to Jesus, begging him and kneeling. He said to him, if you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the word so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out in the country. And people came to him from every quarter. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you that all those years ago, you healed this leper. We thank you that you reached out and you cleansed him. We thank you for all that that signifies for us too, Lord. We thank you for that this story was passed down to us so that it can show us what it is you're healing in our lives as well. So Lord, we ask that you speak to us now. Through this scripture, through this passage, Lord, speak to us. Help us to see all that you're doing to heal this creation. Help us to see all that you're doing to heal our broken relationships. Open up our eyes, Lord, so we can see your work in our lives and the lives of others around us. And so that we can become part of your work. So we can help others to have hope in you. Through your Holy Spirit and through these scriptures, speak to us now, for we are listening. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this story, the action really gets going with this leper who comes and confronts Jesus. And it results in Jesus reaching out and touching this leper. But I have to clear up one confusion before we really dive into the story. When the Bible says leper, it doesn't mean somebody with leprosy. When the Bible says leper, a little quirk happened all those years ago. When you go back and you look at the Old Testament and the Hebrew word for leper that gets translated as leper, it's actually a Hebrew word that encompasses many different types of skin diseases, not just leprosy. Leprosy is just one type of a skin disease. I think it's also called Hansen's disease. It has another name as well. And it's one that is incurable without interventions. But when the Bible is talking about a leper, It's talking about all those other skin diseases that you see listed in the book of Leviticus. It's much more broad. And what happened is the Bible was originally written in Hebrew in the Old Testament. At some point, it was translated into Greek. And when somebody translated it, the best word they could find was leper for that Hebrew term. So they threw that in there. But when we're talking about a leper in the Bible, it's a much more broad category. I have really dry skin, like sometimes really dry skin, And I think I might be a leper, according to the Bible. And I'm sure many of us actually would count under this category of leper with different skin ailments that we might have. It's much more broad. Sometimes these diseases could be healed. Sometimes they couldn't be. And one of the reasons that that is important is oftentimes, when when you come to a leper in the Bible, the actual skin disease isn't the worst part of what they're experiencing. The actual skin disease is actually secondary to the way of life that they are forced to live. A leper in the ancient world was considered unclean. You can see in this passage, the leper asks Jesus to make him clean. He says, if you want, you can make me clean. That term, that category of clean versus unclean, that made all the difference for the experience of people who had skin diseases in the Bible. If you were unclean, if you were a leper, you were treated as though you were the walking dead. One commentator, reflecting on this passage, he actually writes, sufferers were regarded as, in effect, corpses, and physical contact with them produced the same sort of defilement as dead bodies. That's how you were treated. If somebody were to touch a leper, touch somebody who was unclean, they then become unclean. So you avoided them at all costs. You did everything you could to not touch them, to not be near them, to not even risk it. And in Leviticus, when these diseases are described, the remedy for that is this. It says, the person with the leprosy shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head be disheveled. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So you could have a skin disease. It could be something relatively minor. But as long as you had it, you were outside of the camp, you were alone. If you saw anybody else, you had to yell unclean so that they would know not to come into contact with you. This is a hard life. This is a difficult life. This is a life full of isolation. When you see a leper in the Bible, you can see also a series of broken relationships. Whatever family relationships they had, those have been severed. Whatever community they were a part of, those have been severed. They're isolated. Now, the last few weeks I've been giving you all some sort of deep insight. A couple of weeks ago, it was chaos is bad. Last week, it was suffering is bad. This week, it's isolation is bad. You can write that one down. Isolation is bad. Isolation, I think, is worse than we even realize. It has a way of making everything else bad. Broken relationships are bad, and not just emotionally. But physically, it has an effect on us. Now, I know that there's some people who are hermits and can go off and live in the woods and be by themselves. But that is not the norm for human beings. Most of us need relationships. Most of us need connection. Most of us need to be around other people in relationship with others. And if we aren't, we don't do as well physically. I'm going to throw a bunch of correlations here at you. But isolation, and there's are you guys ready for fun with numbers? Here's some statistics for you. Um, With isolation, there's a correlation between social isolation and premature death from all causes, and it's a risk that rivals that of smoking, obesity, and physical inactivity. Being isolated makes you at risk for premature death as if you were a smoker. Social isolation has been associated with about 50% increases in risk of dementia later in life. Social, social isolation and loneliness was associated with a 29% increased risk of heart disease and a 32% increased risk of stroke. Loneliness connected to higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide. Those are connected. Loneliness is among, oh, oh this was an interesting one too. Among heart failure patients, when they're lonely, they have a four times increased risk of death increased risk of hospitalization and a 57% increased risk of emergency department visits. That's just the physical stuff. When you factor in the mental health effects on isolation and loneliness, it's bad. It's really bad. And every single broken relationship that we have in our own lives is one step closer to isolation. I think that's part of the reason why when a friendship falls apart, when a relationship ends, when a divorce happens, we feel it at our core. It hurts, and it weighs on us the more and more we have those broken relationships. And the thing is, it's not just that isolation and and loneliness are bad, it's that they're unnatural. That's not the way God created us. That's not the way God created the world. In the Bible, at the very beginning, it says, God created Adam, realized Adam was alone, said that's not good, created Eve. And it's not just a marriage relationship that God created it for us to be in. That's just one of the relationships that can help us. Uh, friendships are important. Other family re- relationships are important. Healthy coworker relationships are important. God created us to be in community, to be in relationship with one another, to be connected with other people. But the unnatural way of this world, it, it creeps in, it breaks up our relationships, It isolates us. It makes us feel alone. And it disconnects us from others around us. And we don't get to experience the life that God would have for us. That's not what God intended. And the thing is, this is a real problem. There are so many people who feel isolated and alone in today's world. Just some basic statistics here that I found with a simple search. A third of people age 45 years and older expressed feelings of deep loneliness. About a quarter of people age 65 years or older in our nation. This is for the USA. And then amongst teenagers, it's been reported that a third of teens have said that they're so sad or hopeless that they skipped regular activities. I want to say something real quick too. It's a bit of an aside, but when you hear statistics like that, if the first thing you do is jump to a political talking point about schools today, just stop and recognize that those are our children and they're hurting. And don't let politics start clouding how we look at that. Listen to them first, hear them and realize that they're struggling. And then also realize that sadly they're doing better than older generations. A third is actually, a third of teens is better than what you see amongst Gen Z and millennials, people age 20 to 45 right now. For Gen Z, 54% express feelings of deep loneliness when asked. And millennials, it's 51%. My own generation, millennials. I'm an elder millennial, by the way. I count. 51%. I couldn't get anything on Gen X. Sorry, Jonathan. But I think they're fine. They're just, yeah, you guys are good. You're good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You, you just lived your lives lonely. You never felt anything, and you're, you're used to it. Yeah, there you go. But this is a real problem in our world. But the thing is, I don't want to get into, like, a, the world is falling apart type of thing. I think this is a problem of humanity. I think at any given point in time, we've had significant amounts of people who have felt isolated and lonely because this is simply the nature of a fallen world. So this brings us back now to this leper. Because there's a detail in this story that makes it clear what exactly Jesus is healing here. That yes, it's the skin disease. But we're told that Jesus reached out and he touched him. There's an emphasis there on the fact that Jesus touched him. Jesus reaches out his hand. You can almost imagine this in this setting, this leper coming up to Jesus, this person who has been isolated, who nobody is supposed to touch, nobody is supposed to be near, comes up to Jesus and wants to be healed. Jesus didn't have to touch him. There are stories in the Bible where Jesus' touch is important. Mark chapter five, there's a woman who wants to be healed and she says, if I just touch Jesus' cloak, I'll be healed. So she comes up without him even realizing it. She touches his garment and she's healed. And Jesus feels this power coming out of him, healing her and says, who touched me? So Jesus' touch, it does have a certain power to it. But we also know that Jesus can heal without touching somebody. He can heal over a distance. In Mark chapter seven, there's a woman who approaches Jesus and says, heal my daughter. Jesus never even sees the daughter and says, your daughter is healed. With just his words, he's able to heal. So Jesus is there in front of a big crowd, a large crowd. And in order to heal this leper, he reaches out and he touches him. This may have been the first touch this person experienced in months, years, decades. We don't know. But in front of all of these people, even though it would have made him unclean, Jesus reached out and touched this leper. Jesus was restoring this leper, not just his physical health, but restoring him to his community. By cleansing him of this disease, this leper is able to go back into his community, back to his family, connect with people, be part of the community. When Jesus is healing this leper, he's not just healing the disease, he's healing all of those broken relationships that this leper has. And I think for all of us, that should give us hope even if you don't experience deep loneliness or isolation, even if you're not one of the statistics I mentioned, we all have broken relationships in our own past. We all have friendships that have fallen apart, family relationships that are strained. We could be in the middle of a divorce. Jesus wants to heal that also. And when Jesus returns, that's the healing that we will experience as well. Those relationships will be made right again. Human relationships will look how God always intended. That's part of the healing here. So I want to say if you are somebody who's experiencing deep loneliness and isolation, I hope you can see some touch in Jesus', uh, some hope in Jesus' touching of that leper. That you can see what it was Jesus was signaling with that and realize that he wants to reach out to you also. But I also want to encourage you that if you're experiencing that, go seek help. Reach out to somebody. I'm a big fan of therapy. It's great. You get to pay somebody to sit there and listen to anything you say for about 50 minutes. They tell you it's an hour, but it's really 50 minutes. But you get to connect with somebody, somebody who will listen. And it can be the start of you realizing there's other people who will listen also. So if you need help, if you want to find a therapist, talk to me, talk to Pastor Jonathan. We can try to help you find somebody and get connected with somebody that can help you. But for all of us, I think there's a couple things we need to take to heart. One is Jesus does want to heal the broken relationships in your life. Jesus is working to heal the broken relationships in your life. And he's working to heal the broken relationships of other people that you know. People that you know that are isolated as well. Jesus is already at work doing this. He's reaching out to each and every one of us, trying to touch us in the same way he reached out to that leper. Take hope in that and lift these concerns up in prayer. Regularly, constantly lift the people up who are isolated in prayer. Continue to pray for them. And maybe reach out to them when appropriate. And then here's the other thing. For all the people who are watching this, there's no doubt that there would have been people who would have been offended and upset by the fact that Jesus touched that leper. There's no doubting the fact that some people would have tried to stop listening to Jesus for touching that leper. We have a lot of people in our world that society deems unclean. That if you reach out and you try to talk to them, other people that you know will look down on you, will wonder why you're doing that. If you fall into that category, if you start thinking that there's people who are so unclean that we can't reach them, you're going to miss out on the work Jesus is doing. You're going to miss out on the people who Jesus is working with and through. You're going to miss out on so much. And the deep truth is, and this is what I think Jesus knew, was that in Jesus's presence, nobody is unclean. When Jesus went to the cross, when he died, when he was resurrected, when his blood was spilled, it was spilled to cleanse the entire world, all of creation, to cleanse everything, including people we would consider unclean. And we may not use that term unclean now, but there's people in our own minds that are too far for us to reach out to. Realize Jesus is reaching out to them already. You can either come alongside the work he's doing or you can become offended by it and miss out on what he's doing. Jesus reached out and touched that leper. And in doing so, he healed his broken relationships. May we take hope in that. And may we reach out to others in the way Jesus did as well. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you that you were willing to reach out to a leper And that in doing so, when you touched him, you restored his whole life, not just his physical health, but you restored his relationships. You restored his place in the community. You restored his humanity. Help us to recognize that that's what you're healing in all of us as well, that you care about our relationships, that you built us to be in relationship. You created us to be connected to others. And when we're isolated, when we're alone, it grieves you and you are reaching out to us. Help us to take hope in that, Lord. Help us also to reach out to others, to make sure that everyone we come into contact with knows that they don't have to be alone, that they can be connected, Lord, that there is a place for them in your presence here in our community. Lord, we thank you. We praise you.